Hey, hey, what's up, Drum Mantra Podcast fam? It's Rich Stitzel, and it's great to be talking to you. I am actually heading home from a day of teaching my outreach program at a school, and I did what I never thought I would do, and about two weeks ago, I went to Home Depot and I bought a bunch of buckets. I never thought I would do bucket drumming ever, 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 ever in my life, but uh, just it just kind of felt like it might be time to do this with the kids. Of course, they always want to play drums, and the buckets are just so loud, it just drives me crazy. They sound awful, and they're super loud, and the way I dealt with it was, well, first of all, I found three different sizes of buckets at Home Depot. I think there's a a five-gallon bucket and a three-gallon bucket and a two-gallon bucket. So the five-gallon buckets are black, the three-gallon buckets are white, and the two-gallon buckets are red. And so it's great. There's different pitches. And instead of using drumsticks, which would be horrendous, um, I ended up buying a ton of paint stirrers. And I'm going to wrap the paint stirrers with a little bit of duct tape so they look cool just just where you hold the stick um, but man the volume difference is so great that it actually makes it okay to do this stuff um, it's just hard to organize 30 kids in you know three class periods to be able to do anything remotely meaningful. <laughs> I know they have fun beating on things and and I don't actually allow that. I, I we have a thing called respect the drum and and uh the kids really have to to uh develop some discipline with like kind of like with a you know you you look on YouTube sometimes and someone might put a video or a, up of a a dog with a piece of cheese on his nose and the dog's just sitting there you know, barely able to contain himself and the cheese sitting on his nose and then finally the the master says, okay, or whatever and the dog immediately snapped the, snaps the piece of cheese out of the air all of a sudden and it's one of those kinds of things. So I put the sticks in front of the kids and I'm talking about like, these are six-year-olds <clears throat> and I put the sticks in front of them. I say, put the sticks on the bucket put your hands in your lap don't touch the sticks and they just stare at those sticks like it's all it's all they can do to contain themselves and not grab the sticks. And we we say to respect the drum and we're doing actual the kids are actually reading a book called The Drums of Noto Hanto, which is a Japanese folktale. So we're kind of trying to go for the Japanese theme on stuff with this residency so the drums will ultimately become their their version of taiko drums so i'll do some taiko rhythms with them and stuff but i i every time they sit down to the to the drums they have to say konnichiwa and and put their hands in prayer position and bow to the drums and and then at the end of playing they put the sticks back on the drums and they they bow again and say sayonara so it's like you know they're actually saying hello to the drums and goodbye to the drums and so i think that's kind of fun it's 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 been cool you know it's it's just it's it's hard to teach a group of group of crazy little kids something 
something that's so meaningful <laughs> to me. <laughs> but uh, I'm doing it. It seems cool. It's 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 a lot of stuff to carry. So I'm probably just gonna give the drums to the school at the end of the year, so I don't have to deal with it. And then if I decide to do it at another school, I'll just buy another 30 buckets and repeat. Um, so anyway, that that's kind of cool. It's different for me. Like I said, I, I the 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 Ravinia program and the and the schools always want me to do drumming, and I always think, man, it's just it just it just seems like not it just doesn't seem right to me to uh throw young kids into drumming in such a short amount of time and and get anything happening it's really weird because other people that don't play drums do do drums in their class and they're fine with it but i don't know i just have a weird thing with it it's like i need it to be i guess i took it very very seriously as a kid and i just kind of that's it has to it has to have a level of uh discipline to it and it has to make sense and it has to be logical and how people are developing because i don't want to just teach the kids a beat so they sound cool on stage so anyway i don't think that's a maybe that's a hang up with me but i don't think it is i think it's i i feel justified in my opinion um that i think it's a it's an art form that needs to be respected, and I'm I'm giving in a little bit with the buckets, but I'm still maintaining the integrity of the art form and the craft. I think it's important. I think it's important. I mean, when I was a kid, my first time to take drum, drum lessons, I was in kindergarten. I was five, I think. Maybe I was in first grade, but... Um, uh, I had a practice pad, and I only had a practice pad for a year. I didn't get a snare drum even. I had a practice pad, and I had to do everything on the practice pad. And the reason that I was that way was because I have an uncle um, who was a, a heavy, heavy session drummer in the 80s. And um, he's like on all the Hank Williams Jr. stuff, and all the Sonny and Cher stuff, and then he played with Cher, and he toured with Jimmy Buffett for 10 or 15 years, and worked all the time with T-Bone Burnett, and uh, anyway, he's just, he's a serious drummer, he was the the youngest person in the United States to pass the rudiment test, which used to be a thing, I think he was 12 at the time, this was probably in the in the early 60s. And he was kind of a little drummer boy wonder. He was playing in my grandfather's big band when he was four. And he was sort of not only a prodigy, but he also practiced like crazy. And uh, anyway, uh, the legend goes, and I'm sure it's true, is he only had a book in the beginning. Like he had to practice on a book for a year. And then he got a practice pad. And then he got a snare drum. I mean, it was like crazy. So my first experience with drums came from that kind of lineage of you need to learn the basics on a pad before you get to have fun and rock out on a drum. And um, anyway, that's just that was just the experience I had with my with my childhood. Uh, I only lasted for my first time with drum lessons. I only lasted about four months, maybe four or five months, and then I just. I just didn't get it at the time. I didn't understand. It was. I remember the Haskell Har book. I didn't get it. I didn't understand how to do 
rests and eighth notes. I just didn't associate the the way the notes looked with note values. It was really strange because now I'm I'm fascinated and obsessed with it. But um, in the early days, it wasn't happening for me. So I only had a short run in the beginning, and then I went to saxophone. Actually, I went to bass next. I learned how to play bass when I was nine. Um, and then I went to saxophone in sixth grade and then drums in the summer before eighth grade. Anyway, a uh, little history about myself in association with elementary school age kids, which is where I'm just coming from. I work with, you know, I've, I've said this a couple times, but I work for an organization in Chicago where I go into the elementary schools as a an artist in residence about, I don't know, maybe 10 weeks out of the year, and it just happens to be right now that I'm kind of in the middle of that, so yeah, and I'm driving home, and I'm excited because I'm heading back to meet a good friend of mine who is also going to partner with me on a business venture, Um, and you probably heard me talk a little bit about it, but it's called the Drum Mantra 3030. And we are developing a course for drummers to go through the foundational series book, my first book. It's a 30-minute-a-day, 30-day practice regimen. So it's a full routine of practicing that takes you through all kinds of coordination and stickings and reading and just a whole development of time and and concentration and and muscle memory and all the things that I always talk about those are the things that my books are actually about so y'all all my philosophical ramblings that you probably hear me do in podcasts that all comes out of 10 years of work into putting these books together in a, in a way that makes sense chronologically and developmentally. Um, anyway, so we are hashing out the, the whole, the whole course and the course is, I think it's slated to be released in the end of May at the end of May. I think we're going to release it right after the Chicago drum show. So if you're interested in that or want to know more about that, make sure you go to richtitzelmusic.com and sign up on the mailing list. Or you can go to drummantra.com and sign up on the mailing list there. Either place will get you to my, my newsletter mailing list and I can keep you informed on the developments that are happening with it. But we're moving right along with it. Um, it's going to be probably about 16 or 17 hours worth of video and uh, I will you will get a video demonstration of every exercise so you can play along like if on your on the 3030 you can actually spend your 30 minutes of practice time with with me actually playing along with me and watching the video or there will also be mp3 playalongs and there are going to be like over a hundred of them it's it's an insane package it is going to anyone that does this this system for 30 days it will completely change their playing it's it's 
it's been happening with players that have just been going through the book with my guidance and I think this is really going to be a game changer for people's time and, and independence and accuracy and awareness and just all the things that are important to me about being a, a, a strong musician and a and a and a an aware conscious artist, so I'm very excited about that. And Matt and I will be meeting eh, probably in about 30 minutes. I have to return a rental. I'm in a rental car right now. I was driving home last night and got a flat tire. I actually didn't get a flat tire. I hit a pothole. Chicago is famous and notorious for potholes. Oh, it's just awful. And I was driving and. I hit a pothole, and I'll tell you where the pothole is because you probably know where it is too if you if you live in Chicago. It's right at the corner of LaSalle, heading heading north on LaSalle, right before you turn to get on to uh, Lakeshore Drive. So it's like LaSalle at that gas station right there where LaSalle and Clark, I think, meet just just north of North Avenue about a block right there if you're in the if you're in the right-hand turning lane there is a big nasty pothole in it and you can't avoid it if you're in the turning lane you have to go into it and if there's a if it's a red light you have a little bit of an opportunity to remember and, and chill a little bit before you get to it but if you're like in green light mode and you're and you're taking the turn and you hit that thing man it is a disaster <clears throat> and i hit it and it actually the pothole is so intense that it bent the rim of my tire of my wheel it bent the steel rim and because of that it let the air out of my tire and I'd air it up, and I was like, God, I'm just so busy. I can't deal with like dropping my car off and getting it, getting anything done. So, I, I was like finding myself like going to the gas station with getting the putting the quarters in an air machine and blowing my tire up. I'm thinking, this is, this is nuts, man. I I need to take care of this. And uh, sure enough, yesterday I was, <clears throat> I was getting gas and. I was like, I better check out my tire, and I look, go over and look at it, and it's a little bit low, and because it's, you know, when a tire is low, it, it kind of bends in a certain way, and that, uh, uh, there was a huge crack in the in the rubber, and I'm like, man, I got to take care of this, so I, I, I got home yesterday, immediately went to Enterprise, rented a car, and then took my car to the shop, and I said, let's fix this tire. And 24 hours later, I now have four new tires and an alignment job. And oh gosh, like okay, so that was a fun, unexpected expense. But now I have four brand new tires, which is great. It's gonna, it's gonna be nice to just sort of not be thinking about my tires while I'm driving. So uh, there's some personal information for you. Um, anyway, I'm home. I'm almost home and gonna return this. I'm gonna get all these buckets out of my car, out of the rental car, and then I'm gonna return the rental car and gonna go inside and maybe drop my stuff off and then walk over to the cafe, which is about a block from my house, and meet Matt, and we will be discussing the drum mantra class workshop course yeah 
So, uh, yeah, anyway, if, if I've been, like I said earlier, I've been getting some amazing response to my podcast and it's just, it's just been awesome to, to hear from people. If you would like for me to talk about anything or if you have any questions, I just, I kind of feel like I'm in the mode to, to discuss things and answer questions right now. So take advantage of it while you can, because something could happen tomorrow and all of a sudden I find myself just insanely focused somewhere else. But right now I'm having fun with the podcast and I'm all, I'm all, I'm all in right now. So reach out. You can find me on Instagram, Rich Stitzel Music, Facebook, Rich Stitzel Music, also Drum Mantra at both places. And you can also contact me through uh, my website, richstitzelmusic.com. Okay, I hope you're having a great day and I look forward to talking to you soon. Take care.